Praise be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to open your Bibles, your service folders to our gospel lesson as we consider the meeting of Simeon with Jesus in the temple courts. Pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Your Christmas gifts often reveal your heart. You open the gift and it's just what you wanted, just what you needed. You got a big smile on your face. You excitedly say, thank you, that's just what I wanted, just what I needed. Your face, the excitement in your voice, reveal what's in your heart. But if you open the gift and you don't really know what it is or why you need it, or why someone would give it to you, well, you probably make an attempt to Say that you like it, probably say thank you, but the expression on your face, the lack of excitement in your voice, well, that kind of reveals what's in your heart too, doesn't it? When Simeon and Jesus met in the temple courts, his reaction to the gift of God revealed what was in his heart. And he was also enabled by the Holy Spirit to predict that Forever in the future, the gift of Jesus would reveal what was in people's hearts. Simeon, of course, grew up hearing those wonderful promises of God that he was going to send a Messiah. Through those wonderful promises, the Holy Spirit had worked faith in Simeon's heart. And he was studying the scriptures, trying to learn more about those promises, keeping watch, looking for the time when that Messiah would come. He must have prayed that if it was God's will, he might be able to personally meet that promised Messiah before he died. We don't know how many times he might have prayed that prayer or exactly when in his life God answered his prayer, but Luke tells us it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We don't know either exactly how the Holy Spirit did that. Did he give him a dream? Did he give him a vision? Did he speak to him in words that he could understand? Doesn't say, but whatever way the Holy Spirit used, it was convincing. Simeon was sure that this was a promise of God. And in faith, he was eagerly waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Simeon and God gave me a promise like that, I would be picturing in my mind meeting kind of like Nicodemus had with Jesus, right? Wouldn't you picture? Well, I'll get to see the Lord's Christ. I'll get to sit down with this Son of God. I'll get to sit down with this most famous rabbi ever and get to ask him all the questions I ever wanted to ask of God. I think that's what I'd picture. I don't know if that's what Simeon was picturing or not. But that wasn't what God had in mind for fulfillment of that promise. When Mary and Joseph came to the temple to take care of the required offerings, first of all for the, the redemption of the firstborn son, and then also for the purification of Mary after childbirth, so at least 40 days after Jesus was born, moved by the Spirit, 
Simeon went into the temple courts and saw the Messiah. Sounds kind of simple the way Luke presents it to us, but I don't think it was that simple, right? I mean, imagine a crowded store on Black Friday or the crowd at a Husker game. Imagine trying to find someone you know in that crowd. Not very easy. And Simeon and Mary and Joseph, they'd never met. They didn't know each other. There must have been a whole bunch of young couples with little babies waiting to perform that sacrifice for the redemption of the firstborn. Even if they knew each other, even if they had planned in advance to meet somewhere in the temple courts, it still would have been difficult. But we're told that the Holy Spirit led Simeon right up to this couple that he had never met. And more importantly, helped him recognize that this little baby who still couldn't walk or talk was that promised Messiah, his Savior. God's gift of Jesus, his gift of the fulfillment of the promise that he had made to Simeon revealed what was in his heart. Like opening that perfect gift on Christmas, his heart was filled with joy and overflowing thankfulness to God for what he had done. Maybe it wasn't what Simeon had pictured, maybe not what he had imagined the way that God would fulfill that promise, but that shows us even more the depth of his faith. He accepted the way in which God answered his promise. Often <clears throat> aren't we different than Simeon here? How often don't we maybe miss a, an answer to a prayer because, well, it wasn't answered just the way we imagined or the way that we expected? Simeon shows us great faith taking that baby Jesus in his arms and trusting that that little child was indeed the promised Messiah and his personal Savior. Simeon's words also reveal that his heart was filled with something else, not just joy and thankfulness, but with the promises of God, with the scriptures. He had studied the scriptures. And they revealed, not only did he know what they what they said about the promised Savior, but he understood what they meant. This promised Messiah would be the one who would save all people. He would bring salvation. He would be for Jews and Gentiles alike. Simeon understood these things. That was amazing considering what the opinion of the day was, right? And what many of Jesus' disciples thought about who the Messiah would be and what he would do when he came. Simeon showed that his heart was focused on the scriptures, on the promises of God and not on man's opinion. A good reminder for us still today, right? Because we hear all kinds of opinions about who Jesus is. All kinds of opinions, especially about, well, if Jesus were here today, he would say this, or he would do that, or he would think this. We need to avoid all of those opinions and be like Simeon and be focused on what does the scripture actually say. 
And what did Jesus actually say when he was here? Instead of trying to guess what he might do or would do. As you might guess, <clears throat> having a total stranger walk up to you in the temple courts and say things about your child that you only knew because the angel told you, well, that was pretty amazing, pretty mind-boggling. Mary and Joseph must have understood that this wasn't just an accident. This wasn't just a coincidence or a chance meeting that God was behind it. And what amazing God we have. A God who is in control of the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets. And yet he's still concerned about individuals' lives. Seemingly insignificant people like an old man in the temple courts. Like a new mom. Like a lowly carpenter from Nazareth. Trust that God isn't too busy governing the universe and the planets to be concerned about you and your individual needs. He is. He's the God of all things. He's active in your life. No matter how insignificant you might think you are, you're not to him. Not only did Simeon receive the gift of seeing and holding and believing in the baby Jesus to be his Messiah and Savior, he also received the gift of prophecy. And so that moment of, of joy and thankfulness and praise of God quickly kind of changed to uh, foreboding of the future. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Listen carefully, this child is appointed for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The gift of Jesus reveals hearts. It revealed the faith that was there in the heart of Mary and Joseph and Simeon, it would also reveal the unbelief that was in the hearts of many others, some in surprising places. The claim of Jesus that he was the promised Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, got him dragged out of this, the synagogue in Nazareth, the people ready to throw him off the cliff. His claim to be the promised Messiah is doing miracles. He revealed the hearts of the Pharisees who constantly grumbled and complained that he was healing on the Sabbath day and spending too much time with tax collectors and sinners. His claim that yes, he was indeed the Son of God and they would see him coming again on the right hand of the Father in the clouds of heaven got him condemned those who claimed to know and believe the scriptures, the spiritual shepherds of Israel. Their words and actions regarding Jesus revealed their hypocrisy and their unbelief. And Jesus says that it's his words that will be the source, the basis of judgment on the last day. Did you believe those claims that he was the promised Messiah, that he is the Son of God, that he is your personal Savior? Did you believe that or not? Still today, the gift of Jesus reveals the hearts of many. 
They don't want Christmas to be about Jesus. They want him mentioned. They don't want society to think that they need a savior. They're offended that the candy cane might remind someone about the name of Jesus or the fact that though our sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow because of the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for us. And yes, that cross, that sword, as Simeon said, would pierce the soul of Mary as she stood there watching her perfectly innocent son be executed. People's comments about Christianity, about Jesus, their denial of the virgin birth or anything miraculous reveal a heart that is void of faith, void of really any knowledge or true understanding of what the scripture has to say. So the gift of Jesus is still today causing the thoughts of many hearts to be revealed. Fulfilled, that promise, that prophecy of Simeon fulfilled in his day is still being fulfilled today. The gift of Jesus reveals your heart, too. Sometimes it reveals a weak faith. When you treat him like, well, that gift that you don't really know what it's for or didn't really think you needed it, instead of treating him as the best, best gift ever, the gift that moves you to give praise and thanks to God. But by God's grace, as you hear those words of Simeon reminded why Jesus came. Being born of the Virgin Mary, he was exactly who he needed to be, to be the Savior of the world, to be your Savior. Like Simeon, you are moved to give thanks and praise to God. Having been assured that Jesus is the Messiah who paid for your weak faith, who paid for your lack of excitement, your lack of thankfulness for that best gift ever, your failure to make God's word fill your heart as Simeon did, and to be looking and prepared for his second coming in glory, that those sins too are paid for, moves you to give thanks and praise to God. He's enabled you, like Simeon, to see your Savior, to see the Messiah before you die. Because of what God has done for us in Jesus, we say with Simeon as we leave the Lord's table, as we go to bed every night, Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For I have seen your salvation. As it did with Simeon, as it still does today, the gift of Jesus reveals hearts. May it always reveal in us a heart of faith so that we're always ready to depart in peace. Amen. Will you stand? The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in confessing our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that he has seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, and God from God's name, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. 
He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Please be seated as we gather our offerings for the Lord. Please stand for prayer. We'll join in the prayer of the church printed in your folder, bottom of page 9. Gracious God and Father, we praise you for the countless blessings which we receive from your hand, the beauties of creation and the bounties of the earth, the joy of life and the pleasure of friendship, the good of work and the gift of rest, the privilege to share happiness and sorrow with one another. Above all, we praise and thank you for your saving word and for your Son's body and blood, which you give us to eat and drink in the sacrament. Through these means of grace, you send the Holy Spirit into our hearts and unite us to Jesus and to the whole Christian church on earth. Great God and Lord, without your continuing help, we easily waver in our faith, lose courage, and grow careless in our watchfulness. The times and days are perilous. Give us strength to face the evils of each day with fresh confidence. Open our lips to speak of your grace and move us to use the gifts that you give us to share your word of salvation with all people. Protect and prosper the family, the school, the government, and all good institutions that you have established for the benefit of society. Remember in mercy those who are sick and suffering and bring your healing to troubled homes and lives. Lord of the harvest, continue to raise up workers for the harvest fields. 
We thank you for the success in the establishment of a new high school in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, that allows many more graduates of our Lutheran grade schools to attend a Lutheran high school through Milwaukee's parental choice system. Bless the founders of the new Kingdom Prep Lutheran High School and their goal to build a brotherhood in Christ for lives of purpose. Keep the teachers and leaders of Kingdom Prep united in heart and mind. Let Christ and his gospel forgiveness be forever before the eyes of students and staff. 